0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Broken Record Season 2. So last year I had a music show called Broken Record that was on every Tuesday at 6. And I'm so excited to be back for Season 2. I'm so ready and excited to talk about music again. Yeah, so I thought I would just pop on, do this quick little episode, just saying that my summer was great I went to a couple concerts that were super good Phoebe Bridgers I think was my favorite concert that I went to over the summer she was outstanding and yeah I also had the opportunity to interview two musicians Holly Montgomery and Mary Schulz and I'm so excited to play those interviews I'll play them right after this but yeah I'm so excited for season two of Broken Record to start every Tuesday at six on 88.9 The Bridge Holly Montgomery is a Kentucky native with a nearly three-decade musical career. Being in the music industry for so long comes with a lot of experience and dedication. Holly has been in over four bands along with releasing her own music, and aside from being well-versed in creating music and performing, Holly is also a mother to three children. I am Ellie Sadler, and I'm here with Holly Montgomery. Holly can be heard on a radio station and on streaming platforms such as Apple Music and Spotify. Hello, Holly. Hey, Ellie reading your bio it was very impressive Aww. you were like in a little bit of everything it was very interesting to read about yeah, you know when you make a choice that you want to play
1: music for a living actually any artistic endeavor you 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 better be uh you better
0: be open yes. you know so you're in a band called the Mustangs now called Mustangs of the West um mm-hmm. which was active in the 80s and then took a break 90s sorry before mm-hmm. taking a break and coming back together with a new name mm-hmm. um what inspired everyone to come back together again and release more songs
1: Honestly, it was just kind of a fluke, <laughs> you know, um, I I came, I was coming to LA for something related to my own band and my own project, which is my primary focus, you know, um, and I got in contact with the guitarist of the Mustangs, who's Sherry Barnett, who we've You know, stayed friends all these years, and Sherry was like, "Oh, I think Susanna's going to be here. We should do a Mustangs reunion." And I was, I was like, "Well, I'm kind of busy, you know." I'm, and it ended up, of course, half trip was Mustang stuff. So we recorded a song and did a video, and so it was really kind of a fluke. There was no big thing that happened that we went, "Oh, we should get the band back together," because we've all, we had all, all since long moved on
0: to other things, you know. Yeah, and so what are some differences between like releasing music by yourself versus with a band?
1: So I mean the. The business part of it is all kind of the, the same I think if, mm-hmm. if I'm getting your question right I'm when you when you're with a band it's kind of like being a part of a of a family you know some families get along great some families fight like cats and dogs you know yeah some, some, some families you know your mother is your best friend and other ones they never talk to their mother again you know so that's kind of the way that it goes with bands so you know hopefully when you're in a band if you if you're in a band and you're putting that kind of commitment to it then you are you know you at least have some sort of musical commonality you know where you can you can make great music even if that person is really irritating you right now or whatever you know Mm -hmm. so you know doing doing music as a solo artist you know allows you a lot more freedom to do what you want you know it it just is also limiting in other ways you know it's it's just what you prefer i mean i'm primarily a bass player so for me i i you know bass players aren't typically solo instrumentalists not typically Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy the band collaborative process but that's really really hard to do and it's really almost impossible to find the right fit for that for you know a lot of people
0: yeah as I was reading your bio I noticed you played bass on an Ice Cube album how did that happen well let's see I, I was in a band at that time in LA called Big Planet
1: And we were recording an album that never got released. And I'm very, very, very still, all these years later, still very (laughs) upset about that. I bet. The engineer on that session, his name was Andrew... Stoker and he, who was he was a pretty well known drummer actually for a band called Dexy's Midnight Runners who were big in the '90s. But um, so Stoker said to me one day on the on the session, "Hey, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing this record with this rap guy, and he can't find anybody that can just like. He just wants somebody to come in and lay down some R&B bass lines. You know, I was like, I got that. You know, I mean, so that's basically how it happened. And I went in and I didn't know anything about the rap world at that point. This is like the early '90s, and so. You know i didn't know anything about it and i went in and i sat there and waited till my name got called and i stood up and played what they told me to play for about you know play something that sounds like this and sang me a thing and then i play that
0: anyway yeah that's That's super cool do you think playing like coming up with bass lines is your favorite part of creating a song or what would you think
1: you know it depends on the song you know like sometimes sometimes people ask me what's your process when you write but for me i'm i'm very much I hope this is the right word, but I'm very much a lyric snob. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I don't like throwaway lyrics mm-hmm. and I don't like lyrics that like have been used a million times. I don't I don't like throwaway yeah. lyrics. Like sometimes I'll listen to a song and go, it's a good song, but I think they kind of got lazy in that verse or whatever, you know, yeah. like could have developed that. So a lot of times I'll just come up with an idea. Oh, here's a lyric idea. OK, so what's the emotion behind that lyric? is it a soft, nice emotion? Or is it a, I'm going to grind you, you know, I'm going to grind you into the ground kind of emotion. And so that, that will determine however th- other things go. I, I would say that most of the time, that's the way I come up with things. But very oftentimes, you know, I, I have written a lot of songs where I go, oh, this group feels really good. Let's write something around that, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Do you have a favorite lyric you've written?
1: Oh, y- you know, gosh. I, I I have a few that that I that I still like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I could I could list you very distinctly ones that <laughs> I don't like or I wish I would have done better on. But yeah, there's there's some there's definitely some lyrics that I've written that I feel like, OK, I think this was a good one. You know, off off my latest album, there's a song called Cunning Woman. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like those lyrics, it's kinda like the thing, if you get it, you get it. Yeah. You know, it's a song that I basically wrote about the experience of growing up female when you don't fit into stereotypes. I mean, that's kind of what the song is about, you know. And so if you get it, you get it. So there's some, there's some lyric, there's some lyrics that I wrote in that, that I feel like, I've, I felt like, okay, mission accomplished. I said a great deal with only a few words. That's what I like. I yeah. I don't like the rambling on and on. I'm not that kind of a lyricist. So I like to say a lot with a few words, you know?
0: Yeah. so That's very yeah. powerful when someone's able to do that. Yeah. So I think Cunning
1: Woman was, was a big one for that. You know, d- different lyrics are, are, or for different reasons. I mean, I wrote this song in, in, in the 90s when I was still living in LA called Your Tornado that I've never really released a good copy of. I, I've, I've, tr- I've I've recorded it like three times. and I'm never happy with the recording. I still haven't, you know, yeah. but the lyrics for that song, I, I, I still love them. That's why I keep trying to record it. You know, one of these days I'll get it right.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Would you say that Cunning Woman is one of your um, songs that you're most proud of? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I wouldn't have said
0: it before you asked
1: me that. Uh, I, I guess I guess for me, I don't... Do, do, I, you think have I, do I think a different one? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at some songs here just because I, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. Otherwise, <laughs> let's, let's see.
0: Um, of course.
1: Well, I'm really... Oh. Yeah. On the album, there's one song called Looking for Lancelot. And uh, that kind of goes back to what you were asking about lyrics. I'm I'm super proud of the lyrics in, in that, that song. I mean, I, I I felt like I really got my point across. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I really do. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have one that I'm most proud of. It's kind of like asking, which, which of your sons and daughters do you like best? Yeah. You know, there's one song that I cut from our latest album that that was too long and it didn't make the album. So it's going to have to be a bonus track at some point. Yeah. And, and I I still, I'm so super proud of this song. It's called Back in the Day, but it hasn't been released yet, you know? And I'm, it's done, it's recorded and everything. I'm really proud of that one. You can't hear it, <laughs> but I'm really proud of that one.
0: Do you think you'll ever uh, perform it live? Oh, I've, I've performed it live a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's your favorite song to perform live?
1: You know what? I can't, I don't have a favorite. I, I oh, maybe maybe this will make me sound terribly old, but my, <laughs> my attention span is longer than a song. Yeah. So for me, when I, when I perform live, I'm not looking for my favorite song. I'm looking Mm -hmm. for my favorite experience, you know, like do, is the audience listening? Do I see familiar faces who are singing along with my, with the stuff that I wrote? You know, part of the reason why that I keep doing this is because there's just nothing like being up there and 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 the feeling of an audience that is listening and is uh, and is being that you're giving them an experience that makes their life good for that moment, you know. Yeah. So, in my opinion, for me, it doesn't come from a song. It comes from the experience
0: mm-hmm. and then i have one last question um i've noticed that you like on your instagram and stuff i saw that you dye your hair to fun, fun colors and so i'm wondering if you have a color you want to try or if you have a favorite color you okay. dyed in the past
1: you know, it's funny you should
0: ask that
1: because I'm I've been I've been sitting on lately going okay what's next because I man <laughs> I've I've done it all I've had I've had so many different colors of hair and my hair is naturally like dark dark brown you mm-hmm. know so I've had it rainbow I've had a platinum blonde and I've had blue oh man I I love blue hair I I, I wish man I loved it I've had blue and I'd have I've had green um, I had like um autumn I had an autumn. Coloring at one point that I just thought was so lovely. So I'm not sure what's next. Like, I get, I, I go like, ah, oh, man, am I going to have to cut it to get a new <laughs> style? But you know, I have, I have, you know, really long hair. I don't know that I want to cut it, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Do you have any suggestions for me?
0: I feel like it would be fun to do a purple.
1: Yeah. Have I done purple? I think I've done purple stripes, mm-hmm. but I haven't done all purple. I just think, I, I think hair color. I'm so glad that's like one th- I'm so glad that that's like become a thing because it's so much fun, you it's know? It's so fun. It's really fun. And it doesn't last long if you don't like it you know you know it wash out
0: exactly <laughs> all right thank you so much for letting me interview you today holly
1: oh you're very welcome I, I hope that you know i hope that you know you guys can you know enjoy the music um you know we live in a time when music is very um it is very compartmentalized mm-hmm. you know like radio stations used to be that where they played a whole variety of styles on a station yeah. you know now it's like people listen to one station and they only get that style and they're not exposed to anything else and that's too too bad yeah it's too bad it's too bad for us societally Mm -hmm. you know so you know this album that I just did is is a it's a different it's definitely much more acoustic oriented than what I've done in the past because I'm a total rocker chick (laughs) but um you know hopefully people will enjoy it irrespective of age gender whatever or what you're you know so hopefully you you love the music
0: yeah it's great I love listening to it um and you can hear in Holly's album All for Nothing is on our radio station so if you're tuned in you can listen out for it. Thank you so much. It really means Always a lot very to welcome. me. Thank you for having me here. Yes, of course. Thank you. Mary Schulz has been releasing music since 2008 but has been a lover and participant in music since she was just a little kid playing both piano and flute and now guitar. The Philadelphia native just recently released her third album Begin Again. The album has 10 songs all written by mary the americana artist has been described as a folk explorer with spacey roofs and wings i'm ellie sadler and i'm here with mary shoals mary can be heard on our radio and on music streaming platforms such as apple music and spotify hello mary
2: hi ellie how you doing
0: i'm good how are you
2: i'm great thank you for having me
0: yeah of course so as i was researching I noticed that you on your bio in your website it says that you admire Joni Mitchell's lyricism and I too admire her lyricism so I was wondering if there is any certain lyric that you remember just absolutely adoring of hers or any song that you just sticks oh. out to you.
2: I mean it's even hard to select one you know right. so many beautiful pieces of music and, and so many I think it's so interesting that she talks about herself as a painter mm-hmm. with words you know she's a painter. Uh, with paint, but I think that that's exactly what she's doing lyrically. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite Joni song is Furry Sings the Blues, which, you know, is a little bit kind of quirky and strange. And I think that it's really interesting that this character is this sort of gnarled old, old gentleman figure and not some like, you know, love interest. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with having love interest Mm-hmm. as your main focus, but I just think there's something very interesting about it and the characters that surround themselves around this man. And I just think that that song is just very interesting, but there's so many, there's so many songs yeah. that like, it just hit me in different spaces at different mm-hmm. times, like, like help me, which is so beloved by many, you know, and we love our love and but not like we love our freedom. I think is a really insightful line about yeah. human being. Mm-hmm.
0: So would you say that like listening to artists like Joni and James Taylor um, helped you discover your love of music or was there something else?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I just from a young, very young, I mean, I don't remember life without music. My my family was very musically oriented and not that, that they all played instruments and sang, but also that they were lovers of it. And so there was just always music on in the house or in the car and the radio was my very best friend. You know, I just, I, in good times and bad, I just loved to lock myself in my bedroom and turn the radio on. And I felt very inclined to want to know all of the words to all of the songs. Yes. And um, and so it is definitely musicians like James Taylor, where my family was, you know, big James Taylor family and Carole King and the Beatles. Mm-hmm. But then I was also really into pop music at the time. And I, I loved, I loved like mostly anything I could get my hands on, and my yeah. ears, on I really, I really did love. And so uh, I didn't start listening to Joni Mitchell until I was in college actually. And somebody mm-hmm. compared me to her after hearing me sing. And I was like, oh, I don't, I should know. I should know more about this person. And of yeah. course now I'm like, wow, how <laughs> did I not know? <laughs> yeah. so, um, so, you know, I'm just as influenced um, by the wallflowers and Nirvana and the Backstreet Boys, Mm -hmm. and Paula Abdul, and Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey, as I am by, you know, of course, the the folk singers really kind of really kind of won out in the arena of where my music is influenced but you can hear like it's all it's all it's all very similar writing the pop writing and stuff about you know reaching the heart of of the human condition
0: so you listen to a variety of music but you went into like folky americana style was there any other style that you wanted to try out
2: oh yeah i mean earlier in my career i did more like when i was doing my my records and eps i did more of like a full pop sound, sort of more of sound and that kind of arena. And that was very popular at the time and I loved it. And mm-hmm. so I sort of went into that area and I, I just, you know, just kind of kept making my way back to this sort of folky Americana sound. And at some point someone was like, maybe you should move, move to Nashville. So I'm from Philly originally mm-hmm. and, the, and I live in LA. And I was like, well, I'm not country, you know? So yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to kind of like force myself into that area. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me that what happened is that I came to LA and I really just sort of narrow, like, honed in on my version of what, the like the the umbrella of Americana that includes yeah. country and includes folk and bluegrass, and we sort of like, sort of meshed that all together. Mm-hmm. I was I was recently um, remembering years ago I said like what I really wanted was a bluegrass band backing me instrumentally, wise, you know, instrumental wise. Yeah but that I wanted to do it with my style of music. So it wasn't like I was trying to do bluegrass music, but I love that instrumentation, like Alison yeah. Krauss and Union Station. Mm-hmm. And then I realized recently, that's what we did on this record. Yeah, Very definitely, you know, we've got all kinds of guitars and things, but we've got pedal steel and Weisenborn and Dobro. And just, I just, it's nice to feel those things kind of coming to fruition and just being able to create my own sound is very important to me and, and yeah. I'm glad to be doing it.
0: Yeah. Is there an instrument you usually divert to when you start writing songs?
2: Yeah, usually. I mean, guitar or piano, either one of them. Mm-hmm. I'd say for a long time, you know, I started playing guitar in high school, and but I started playing piano earlier. But for a long time, I was really leaning on guitar to write. And I would say during the pandemic, I did more writing on the piano. I'm not sure why. I think I think I was able to sort of access my the melancholy nature of, of playing, you know, singing yeah. and playing the piano. <laughs> and then I just really was able to connect with that. Yeah. But it, it truly depends. Um, I go through phases of what instrument I'm playing the most. I try I try to write on guitar more because mm-hmm. I have much easier access to it when yeah. traveling. It's easy to bring a guitar. It's not easy to bring a keyboard or piano.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: this, this record has so many uh, songs that are like, very much piano tunes. Yeah. So and I'm like, okay, well, we've got to work, work something out <laughs> for touring, because I got to play those songs.
0: Yeah. Um, Which one was harder to learn, piano or guitar?
2: Um, I would say, I would say guitar, because yeah. I had, you know, there's something about looking at the piano that's very, it's so linear. Look, here are mm-hmm. the keys, and they all go in this direction. And yeah. on guitar, you know, you got these six strings and these frets, and what do they do? And where's this note? And so I would say probably that piano was easier yeah but i also like really relished in playing guitar Mm -hmm. you know at first i only picked it up so that i wouldn't have to have a piano and i wouldn't have to rely on someone else and so i wasn't really thinking about it from like oh i love this instrument Mm -hmm. but the more i got to playing it and the more the better i got at it the more involved i got with it the more i was like oh i do love this instrument yeah Um, they just they sing in very different ways guitar for sure yeah they're so interesting
0: that way so your album California was recorded live in a single room what like what made you want to record that live versus recording it traditionally
2: Uh well I mean I guess technically that is traditionally right yeah true so it's the old way of doing it um I wanted to do it live because I feel very much like my live show Mm -hmm. is the thing that is that I'm most connected to that people connect to the most Mm -hmm. and um I had released a record in 2014 called The Girl You Thought You Knew, which was more in that, like, singer-songwriter pop arena, Mm -hmm. and I had been doing more in the folk and Americana world, and so this felt like a good way to sort of stand on my own two feet in this, like, this is a really analog-sounding record. Yeah. Musically speaking, and also let's really do it that way. So it was exciting to do it that way, and it was also terrifying because you get in there and you're like, "Well, (laughs) you get what you get." And if I mess up, I mess up the take for everyone. Mm -hmm. Or if, like, I have a perfect take, but you know, my bass player or the drummer or somebody has some major snafu, well, we can't use that take. We have to start over. You know, and Mm -hmm. you only have as much tape as you have. It's just, it's just a whole thing. So that was a very interesting. Process and I'm glad I did it. And then when we walked into making Begin Again, I said I do not want to do that to myself. So we sort of got to do a split then on this new record because we recorded everything to tape. So we were all in one room. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a I had a sound booth around me. We weren't in one room. Let me see. I have a sound booth around me. Upright bass was in like a sound booth. Drums in a sound booth. But then other, you know, other instruments in the room mm-hmm. and we did everything initially to tape,
1: yeah. bounced
2: it over to digital, but everything was separated out well enough that I was able to then go back and re-record my guitar and my vocals on a different day, and we were able to overdub other instruments. Uh, I think we kept all of my piano from the live takes but uh, it was a nice mix to be yeah. able to get that analog sound and have that experience of like everyone when you're listening to it, it really is that live band effect mm-hmm. with also all these other layers and things that we were able to do because we did have the digital element.
0: Yeah. Speaking of your new album, Begin Again, from the song Streetlights, um, one, of, like, one of my favorite lyrics that I've heard when I was listening to your music was, Mind like the wind swaying in search of me. Can you tell me a little bit about the lyric and the song?
2: Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I'm so happy that you asked about that. No one has asked me about that yet, so you're, you're the first question on that one. So that's in the bridge. Uh, I begin again, mind like the wind, swaying in search of me. It's interesting because when I wrote that song, I started out writing that song. I was on tour and I was sitting on the back porch of uh, one of my very best friend's home in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. In the, and they were just surrounded by trees and the breeze and the sound of everything. And that's when I started just playing the guitar part for it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start writing the lyrics and the music until I was home. melody excuse me and that song took me a long time to finish and and when i got to the bridge i was i was having a struggle with it and i thought about those trees and i was thinking about that's how my mind kind of functions you know Mm -hmm. that it's swirling around and it's just like i'm trying to figure out what it is that i want or what i need Mm -hmm. and it's this feeling of like it's not necessarily a, a, a it can be a little overwhelming sometimes but you know sometimes the wind is just calming yeah it can the wind can be so many different things. It can be this giant current and it can also be a calming moment. And so yeah. I like the idea of thinking of my mind like the wind as it searched around for what it is I was really like hoping for or longing for in those moments of life when you're starting over and searching. Yeah. So that's sort of that's sort of where that came from searching, you know, swaying in search of me. I'm looking for myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Do you have a song or an album or an EP? or something that, like, you just feel so proud of and, like, you were just so happy when you finished making it?
2: Well, I really do feel that way about this record, about Begin Again. And Streetlights, honestly, is the the song on the record that is closest to my heart. It's the Mm -hmm. most internal and and personal song. A lot of the songs I'm sort of addressing outwardly and talking, you know, either encouraging folks in their healing process or I'm talking mm, through my anger at someone and Mm -hmm. and things of that nature, right? But this song, Streetlights, is really very... Really much, uh, really much, haha, very much. <laughs> speaking to myself, yeah. And um, and it's uh, I am really proud of that song and how that came out. And I, I really look back and I'm really proud of all the work that we've done. You know, you do that thing where you're like, oh, I was so much younger, and I cringe a little bit about yeah. this and that. And then it's nice when I can get a little perspective and say like, no, actually, that was that was great. I'm really happy with what we did on the Lonesome EP, also that came out last um, October. Yeah, uh, I love how that turned out um but but yeah this this record i feel very proud of and i think it's a whole journey beginning to end and i really hope people are able to take the time and really listen through
0: yeah awesome all right well thank you so much for letting me interview you
2: thank you so much for your time and for your great questions i appreciate it if people you know listen to the music and try to find me on on social media definitely say hi and let me know that you heard me on this station that like always It's great to know where people are coming across the music and and me.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Have a good day. You
0: too.